Welcome to the Restore Your Life podcast. Here's your host, Pastor Courtney Bailey. I want to say welcome again to our listeners. We are back here with the RFC Restore Your Life podcast, um, episode two. And we're continuing our theme of debunking um, Christian misconceptions. We're we're back again with our with our regular crew again. You know, say a big hello to Janelle, uh, and we have Katrina again with us. Hi. And Kemar, Kemar with us again. Hello. So um, we're gonna start off, get going right into it. Um, and so our first misconception that we're going to this debunk is if you're a good person, you will go to heaven. You know, many people die, you go to the funeral and everybody, you know, when you hear them be spoken about, they're a good person and they did all these wonderful things and they're in heaven. Is that really true? <laughs> Let's go, guys. <laughs> I'll start. Um, the scripture says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Um, so many times we feel like our own goodness can measure up to God's standards. And the scripture just tells us flat out that, no, no, no. What you think your righteous actions and others is in comparison to God's righteousness is as filthy rags. Um, and that's why we needed Jesus' righteousness to cover ours, our sins. Um, so I think when we ascribe goodness to ourselves, we are doing a very... Um, big disservice to the act that Jesus did on the cross because we swear say the good deeds that we do. Oh, we never turn a lie today. Oh, we never listen to cartel music. Um, so therefore I'm good. Um, is a grave, grave, it falls just greatly short from God's standard of righteousness. Um, and so by no means we could make ourselves good enough to be accepted by God. Um, and that's why Jesus needed to come. So, mm, only one way to eternal life, and that is through Jesus Christ. So if you're not going through Jesus Christ, um, your good works can't save you. <laughs> True. As Agreed. well as with that statement, um, persons are relying on their own understanding of what goodness is. And so they feel like if they're not stealing and robbing, then they're good. But God is our only source of what is good. And if we're not trying to emulate him, and his fullness of goodness, then you're not really, you know, subscribing to what would per se a requirement to heaven, as some people may read. You know, in Matthew 7, verse 21, Lord said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So you have to be doing what God has called you to do for you to enter into heaven. It's not what you feel like. God has called you to do or what you think you should do to get to heaven. Amen. Alright, so 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 the, the the misconception again is if you are a good person you will go into heaven, right? Yeah. Um well, that would want statement. Matthew nineteen seventeen, there's none good but one. <laughs> so and if it's only God is good, you not got heaven. Sorry. That's all I'm going to say. My job. My job. <laughs> Okay, right, right, right to the point. You know, and and just to just to support what you guys have said, you know, that boy, if you if you live a good life, that's not enough. If you read in the book of Acts chapter ten, it tells you about uh, 
a Gentile centurion, Roman soldier, whose name was Cornelius. And when you read the scripture, it says that he did everything great. You know, he gave to the poor generously and he was a devout man who feared God and all these things. And his life and everything went up to God. And yet still, when you read with this rule, God had to send, tell him to send for Peter and to tell Peter that he should go to this Gentile man's house to preach the gospel. And when pre- Peter preached the gospel to Cornelius, the scripture says the, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were baptized and, and saved. So even though Cornelius was living a good life, right, probably better than many people, he still could get into heaven by doing those good works. He still had to hear the gospel preached and then surrender his life. So definitely, we still have to that. And, and Tamar, you know, to highlight yourself, that what we call good is not good in God's eyes, right? And so therefore, we have, to, we have to follow his rules and his guidelines to get into heaven. Good stuff. We're after a great start, you know. I, I hear all the, the, the participation going and all the good points being made. Um, <laughs> misconception number two that we wanted to tackle on this podcast today is, does the Bible teaches us, teaches Christians to hate homosexuals or Christians hate homosexuals? What do we have to say about that? Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll go. Um, I'd have to say a solid no to that. Christians, we do not hate homosexuals. What we dislike slash hate is homosexuality, the sin. Now, in these times, many persons identify with the sin of homosexuality and therefore make it become their person. And so when we say that, we don't like it, then infer that we don't like them. No, God has called us to love one another as Christ loved the church. And so therefore, you who have been made in God's image, you human being, you person, I love you because I'm supposed to. Now, what I don't like is the fact that you are living in sin. Now, whether that sin is homosexuality or fornication or lying, it it does not take away from who you are as a person. And therefore, I can say that to you that what you're doing is not right. I love you as virgin, but I have to correct. And so therefore, I'm not, I do not hate you. I hate this, this lifestyle that you're living in, this, this act that you're doing. But that does not take away from my love for you. Yeah. And, and I guess just to trouble the waters a bit, I feel like, there's a question. Um, do we as Christians have the same level of hatred for other sins that we do for homosexuality? So sometimes we're like, nah, I'm going to keep you accountable, my friend, for this homosexuality. But your friend tell a lie is the same level of, um, righteous anger that we feel for the, for this, for the lie that we feel for the sin of homosexuality. And should it be the same level? I mean, define what type of lie, like a good lie? Well, there's a good lie or a bad lie taking you to the same place. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, no, I don't we know. Don't. Go ahead, come on. Yeah, no, I'll say, no, we don't really hold people accountable. Like, we, we um, would hold them accountable for being homosexuals, you know. Yeah. So. I feel like a large part of it, especially in, in the Jamaican context, is... It's really culture. So, like, we grow up in a... I don't like using this word because I honestly don't feel like we are as bad as um, some LGBT persons might make us seem. 
but we grew up in a homophobic society where like bun homosexuals that the idea is like we don't do that around here but a fire whatever um I really don't feel like the same level of righteous anger as we might want to describe that one as is meted out to other sins that we struggle with. So I feel like what needs to happen in our own minds is for us to reconcile God's perception of sin and have that just be right across the board. Um, that in love we'd want to keep our brothers and sisters accountable. Um, and in love we'd want to correct. Um, so I feel like when we begin to pre God's mindset on sin and the severity of it, um, we will understand that Homosexuality is another thing, though very abominable. Um, it is also just a misuse of God's grace and not taking up his enablement to overcome it. Um, so I feel like that will charge us, I guess, to love our homosexual brothers and sisters a little better when we pray how God pray them. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, I just had a thought. Um, is we are we the ones who promoted that though? Because I feel like. Uh, um, you have people who maybe grew up in the church, for example, the the, the musicians, right? Um, and then they come out of the church and then they go sing some songs and they on homosexuals, right? Mm. And then it, that promotes it, right? But then pastors on the platform did. That is true. I don't think true. it should be a generalization, but unfortunately, there are too many persons who are promoting, you know, the hate of homosexuality and homosexuals. For reason why it becomes such a common misconception. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think, I think, Daniel really hit at something when she threw that stone earlier, you know, about the extent to which we view homosexuality as a quote unquote, a greater sin than other yeah. sins. Because certainly in our culture in Jamaica, I believe that, um, if a man is a quote unquote, a gallus, then, you might talk to him in a different tone of voice. You might wink your eye and talk to him in a different tone of voice. That, you know, sexual, right? uh, and I'm talking about even as believers. And, uh, and, and so I believe that's a, a valid point, which, which is the, it's just the truth about the cultural context in which we have, we have we've grown up. But the, the other point that you guys have been made, making is very important, that the truth is that homosexuality, God does not see that to any greater degree of sin than any other sin. If if you if you read in um second first Corinthians chapter six from verse nine it says or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor men who practice homosexuality nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor revilers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you. But you are what and you are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And so, therefore, homosexuality and or homosexuals going to see in place as liars and swindlers and revilers and all these and these other people. God sees them all um, on the same level. And so, as believers, what we need to do is to hate the sin just as we hate any other sin. But we must not hate the sinner. Yeah. And if I may add, in, in, remember in James 2, I believe, it says, um, whoever shall keep the old law but yet, yet offend in one, you're guilty of all, all of them. So if you, if you lie, you're basically guilty of all sin, right? That's what he's saying? Well, if Hello? what he's saying is that, yeah, once you, once you've sinned, you've, you've sinned, you're, you're, you're in a place yeah. of sin or you're a sinner. Exactly. So, what, whichever sin it is. 
Yeah, I usually highlight the, the, the homosexuality as, you know, it's more than these. You know, it's the same thing. So, you know, I agree with you. That's right. right. If, if, they don't, if they don't repent, the girl is going to meet the homosexual down there in hell. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest part of hell. <laughs> Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Final, the final um, misconception that we want to tackle uh, in today's episode is Christianity is outdated because the Bible is written was written thousands of years ago. Who wants uh, to jump in and tackle that one first? <laughs> I'll go. Um, I feel like so it is factual that the Bible was written um, many years ago, but um, I feel like what is important is for us to remember the attributes of God that He is eternal. So therefore, his words will always be relevant. Um, I think in Second Timothy three sixteen, um, it speaks about the just the different benefits of the word. God breathed the word of God, so it is profitable for rebuke, for correction, for discerning right and wrong, essentially. Um, and so so the the Christian can become a whole furnished man. Um, so if there is always a need for us to be um growing in our discerning of right and wrong, growing in our understanding of um. Just the truth of scripture, then scripture will always be relevant regardless of the time. So the examples might, so like parables might have been agrarian because of the society that it was in. But we are still able to draw principles from the scripture. And I feel like the principles mm-hmm. will always be current, will always be relevant regardless of the time. Yeah, for real. I agree. I'd like to say that um, I wouldn't say that it's outdated. Because, you know, in those days, people are human and we go through similar instances. And so it's really refreshing when you you read the word and you can relate to things that you see or you can find answers to questions that you have no or it can be encouraging. And it just feels like, you know, the Lord wrote this personally for you. So the word never really goes out of style. It's still relatable. And it can still help you in these times. So I don't really agree with this outdatedness of And the, the scripture also says scripture also says that the word of God is like alive and active. So like it, there's always something fresh. There's always some revelation to get. Um so I feel like just in the inherent liveliness and living um word of God, we always have something to draw from that is relevant to our circumstance. You know, you know, originally I Originally, I was saying that it is outdated, but then I checked check on the definition of outdated, and it says out of, out of date or obsolete. <laughs> so I'm just going to read it. We draw that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not out of date. Um, you know, we, we see even now movies are being influenced by the Bible. We take ideas from the Bible, use it to make something um, new from something that they deem obsolete. Um, businessmen keep on going to the Bible, get business ideas to, you know, start their business, businesses and keep them afloat. Um, every single, almost every single thing that you can think of, right? The start point is the Bible, right? So so how can you say... Something is outdated, but it continuously gives you new and, and fresh ideas to go about living your life today. I don't, I, I don't think any outdated material can actually do that, right? Yeah. So, Very, good stuff. I agree with those perspectives. I know the thing about the Bible is that basically it's writing about man and mankind and who we are and the heart of man. And that, and that don't change. Whether mm-hmm. it's a few years ago or 1500 years ago or last year, the heart of man is still desperately wicked. You know, 
we still doing the same things and only God understands our heart and can cure us. And so because of that, it, it will never be outdated because we still generation after generation after generation because of sin are led to do the same things. Yep. And so the Bible always remains relevant. Uh, good, good, good stuff. I just want to say also to our audience, you know, if you hear um, background noise and all that kind of stuff, you know it, but we're, we're on a COVID lockdown, so we can't get to go to our wonderful studio. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to adapt and look good in these, ta- in these times. But, you know, COVID will not stop us from declaring the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, Amen. the studio has been refurbished at this time. <laughs> <laughs> so... I just want to um, say thanks again for, for listening in and, and, and keep on sending us your comments, you know. We, we, we crave your, your, your ideas and your thoughts, you know, even issues that you may want to raise that we can we can discuss and, and have others come in and discuss as well. So once again, thank you for listening in to Restore Your Life podcast from our Restoration Family Church in Jamaica. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. <laughs>